future, you know, future weeks starting next week. Let's come on in ready to pray and worship just like we did tonight. Let's keep the passion and the uh, just the enthusiasm for God uh, high throughout this year. I believe that this is, we know this is going to be a big year based on where God's bringing us and what we're doing as a church, but I believe in our lives, our families individually, this can be just your best year you've ever had. God wants this to be a year of breakthrough in your life. How many believe that? How many would say that God spoke something to you this week? I want to see your hand. If you're in the room, put your hands up good and high. Yeah, come on, this is awesome. This is awesome. This is what happens when we get in the presence of God. He speaks to us. I had a message uh, ready tonight that uh, God just, you know, uh, had me scrap when I was down here during worship, and I quickly uh, gave me something new I'm going to share with you. All about the presence of God. That's why I've asked these guys to stay up, because we're going to sing a song here. And by the way, before I do that, last night... These guys, uh, not, not just them, but the worship team was up here from like 8 till midnight, and now today they've been here since 5. Can we give these guys a huge hand? <clears throat> I know they would like to sit down right about now. We're going to do one thing here, and then, and then I'm going to dive into this. You know, there is absolutely nothing more vital in the life of a believer than learning how to walk in the presence of God. Learning how to get into the presence of God. Having the Holy Spirit with you. And God dropped quick, uh, five quick points that I'm going to share with you uh, here in a minute. <clears throat> but us understanding the value and the importance of the presence of God, I think if we really got it, we would get ourselves there a lot more often. So all of you just shared that God spoke something to you this week. That can happen all year long. It doesn't just have to happen on, you know, five nights in a row of praying and uh, starving yourself at the same time. I realize that helps. It's We're more focused. We're more tunnel vision. Well, you know, right? I get that. That's why we do prayer and fasting, right? It's intentionally supposed to kind of hurt. And it has kind of hurt, right? I've never met anybody who really loves to fast. But everybody who does it comes out at the, other, at the end of a week or whatever your time period is and is just glad they did. They've heard from God. There, something new has been deposited uh, in their life. Uh, and I believe in God that what he has spoken to you, you're going to hold on to as you walk into this year. You're going to uh, hold on to this uh, as you walk into what God has for you this year. I want to read a scripture to you here. We, I don't think I read this to you earlier this week, and we should have, because this is where we got the Crushing It uh, logo from, the Crushing It theme. In Romans 16, verses 17 to 20, <coughs> the first portion here, I mean, isn't necessarily applicable, but you'll see where I'm going with this. It says, I make one more appeal to you, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset your faith by teaching things contrary to what you've been taught. Stay away from them. Such people aren't serving Christ. They're serving their own personal interests. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. But everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord, and this makes me very happy. I want you to be wise in doing right and to stay innocent of any wrong. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. How many believe that he will absolutely crush with, within you, with the spirit in you, in your life, you will crush Satan under your feet? These things right here that we came up on New Year's Eve, and those who weren't here wondering what in the world this is, New Year's Eve, we came up and we wrote down one or two things that we've been carrying around, burdens. Maybe, uh, you know, hurts, brokenness, sin. It could be anything that we just, we keep carrying through life, and they weigh us down. And often we go from year to year to year carrying around a bunch of baggage, unable to receive the new thing God has for us because our hands are too tied up with all the old junk. 
And we came and we wrote them down, and we put them in here symbolically to show the Lord, I am letting go this year. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit is going to help you to let go and to not pick this stuff back up throughout the year. The hurts, the pain, the wounds, the disappointments, the things that happen in life. Uh, the Holy Spirit is going to help you because there will come a point in this year where you might want to pick one of these things up again. Or one of the uh, sources of this frustration, of a person, uh, you know, whatever it might be. You're going to encounter the situations again, but God wants you to leave the old baggage behind and start to walk with him into new territory, into a new season. Amen? They sang a song earlier. I'm going to get them to uh, sing, uh, all of us, we're going to sing in a minute. We are standing on holy ground. Boy, when they started playing that, God just instantly brought me back to my childhood. And I remember, I remember being in church. And that song would play, and I would feel something different. <laughs> to this day, it, it still impacts me. A little kid, like I'd be in my pajamas laying on the floor, those late night prayer meetings like we were talking about this week. Like we saw a lot of kids doing last night. And God brought me back to that just now in worship and said, you didn't know it, but that was my Holy Spirit already starting to percolate on you at a young age. That was my Holy Spirit visiting you at a young age. I don't know why that particular tune was, you know, uh, it seemed to happen every time when that song would come on in church. It would be like, oh, like, what is this I'm feeling? And I'd be little, you know, you're playing, you're goofing around. Maybe I was singing sometimes, but often I remember it in a real young uh, season of life where you're just kind of doing whatever, and it would just get my spirit's attention. This is what the Holy Spirit does. This is what I believe those of you with your kids here last night, you might look at them and think, boy, they were sleeping half the time. They were rolling around on the floor. They were playing with their stuffed animals. They were in the presence of God is what they were doing. They were here and they were experiencing, and I have no doubt you'll hear similar stories someday, decades from now, where they'll say, I remember feeling like something different and something neat inside when you guys would do those late night prayer times and those prayer meetings. I'd like you to stand up with me. I'd like us to sing this song through a few times before I get into this because I believe God wants to give us a fresh revelation tonight, a fresh revelation to end off this week of the importance of the presence of God, the importance of the Spirit of God. How many know we serve a holy God? Come on, we serve a holy, holy God. I want you just to sing this one more time. I know we've just spent a lot of time worshiping and a lot of time singing. Just get your attention and your heart back on the Lord here. Lord, we invite your presence to come and visit us as we worship you right now.
lift our voices and sing. We your presence. We know you're a holy God. Lord, and we want to come and worship you in spirit and in truth. We want to come and worship you as ones who are so grateful that you've called us, you've changed us, that you love us so much. Lord, I pray that there would be in our hearts this year a greater pursuit and passion for your presence than ever before. We need your Holy Spirit. We need your presence. Thank you for making it so readily available to us, God. I want to share a few thoughts here with you. This year, I believe one of our themes here needs to be a pursuit of the presence of God. Make it one of your personal missions, one of your personal themes in 2018 to pursue the presence of God like never before. Next weekend, we're going to start a series called Spear and Spade. It's going to run for about a month, and it's going to talk about the idea of building and intentionally growing in our lives and also learning how to be a spiritual warrior at the same time, because that's how it is as a Christian. It's not as compartmentalized and tidy and all boxed up as maybe our intellectual minds wish it was. Often you're right in the trenches, you're fighting a spiritual battle, but you're growing spiritually at the same time. We're going to, we're going to spend about a month, and we're going to talk more in depth about the need for the word, the need for prayer, the need for the presence of God. Uh, the need for spiritual warriors and how to become mature in our faith. But the presence of God, learning how to pursue the presence of God and prioritize the presence of God is so key. You cannot succeed as a believer without it, without him, without the spirit of God at our side, right in us, walking with us day in and day out. It very quickly becomes religion when we forget about God's spirit. Let's, I mean, think about it. What's, why was Jesus so harsh with all the religious leaders? They knew the scripture like nobody else, so clearly it wasn't that he was upset with their scripture memorization uh, habits. They could recite book after book after book. They knew the scriptures better than any of us. It wasn't their uh, ability to keep, uh, you know, the certain holy days holy and the festivals when they're supposed to be and to show up at the right time and uh, do all the right procedures and all that. No, they had all that stuff down teaching in the schools, teaching in the synagogues, uh, all the outward things that are uh, to go with being a believer and with walking with Jesus. They had all the outward stuff, but there was zero spirit, zero spirit of God. And that was why he was more harsh with them than any sinner he ever stumbled across or any, uh, anybody who was causing trouble. It was with the religious ones because he, he recognized the danger. 
he recognized the danger. There, if there's no spirit, people can much more easily be deceived because the outward looks just like something you should be following along. That's why I love this verse where it talks about us crushing Satan under our feet. And the preface to it is, be careful for people among you who are going to try to deceive you and who are going to uh, be critical and try to get into your spirit, all in the name of being a, a believer, but not a believer at all. The Bible tells us to test the spirits. You can't necessarily judge one another, nor should we attempt to, uh, by the outward appearance or, you know, people's personalities. But you can start to see the fruit that bears out in someone's life over years, and you can uh, get a sense of the spirit of the person. It doesn't take me very long to get in a room with someone who's a critic and someone who's a whiner and a complainer and to very quickly pick up that spirit and be like, okay, I'll go to the other corner of the room uh, in this party. You can hang out over there. You can pick out the spirit of somebody when you, I remember going on some of our missions trips and landing on the other side of the world and uh, meeting somebody that we could barely communicate, but you could sense right off the hop a spirit that loves God. Somebody who's in the presence of the Lord. Somebody who has got the joy of the Lord. Somebody who's uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. You can sense it. You can tell. And the Bible makes it pretty simple, actually, to, uh, you know, to be careful when it comes to not being, uh, you know, deceived or wrongly influenced. The Spirit of God will help you in that. I have people ask me all the time. This is maybe one of the biggest questions that I get. Uh, you know, uh, people... Two questions that come up a lot are, how do we know God's will? But how do I know that I won't ever be led astray? People ask that one all the time. And invariably, when we discuss it, the Holy Spirit is very prominent in my answer. If you're walking with the Holy Spirit, and you're in the Word of God, and you're connected to brothers and sisters who are doing the same in the body that God plants you in, the way he designed you and this body to function, and whatever body you're part of, here we're in Living Hope, so this particular body of Christ here, if you're connected with others who are living the same way, and you're walking with the Holy Spirit, and you're in the Word, the Word always matches, the Word always is the base, the Holy Spirit will never speak anything contrary to the Scriptures. I don't care what anybody tells you, or how loud they yell it, or how many spirits they say, you know, blah, blah, blah. The Word will always be the authority. If you're doing that, you will not go astray. You won't. The Holy Spirit will make sure of it. The Word will make sure of it. This is why choosing friends is critical. This is why understanding how to be humble and how to get into the presence of God is so critical. This is why learning how to obey the word is so critical. And learning how to hear that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to share a few things with you that I felt God just quickly dropped into my mind during when they were singing that song. The Holy Spirit, first and foremost, and most of us know this, he saves us. You are not in here today because of some amazing decision you made, even though you did have to end up making a decision. It was the Holy Spirit that saved you. It was God's presence that drew you. It was him that called you. You didn't wake up one day and decide to go searching for this God. No, he came searching for you. He came looking for you and I. The Bible says while we were sinners, he, uh, Jesus died for us. Romans 8, 26. And you can follow along on your app, by the way, the church app. Um, believe it or not, they were able to switch this out uh, that quickly to the uh, new notes. Yes, Melissa, is that good? So the church app is this current message. I'll shelve the other one until next week. Romans 8.26 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes through us with wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that all things work for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. His Holy Spirit called you. And that is why you are in here. 
That is how you know Jesus. His spirit called you. He planned to call you. He planned to come and visit you. You thought life circumstances just got so awful that you had to find an escape. No, no, no. Life circumstances got so awful and God was right there knocking on your door, making it almost impossible for you not to respond. Or you just had an encounter one day. Your life circumstances might have been just Jim Dandy and all of a sudden one day God visited you and knocked. Hey, I'm, come on, I got something for you. I've got a much better plan. Jesus' disciples, they were fishing, and we don't really hear a lot about what their lives were like. We don't hear whether they were in turmoil or just happy-go-lucky, enjoying another day on the boat. But he walked over and said, hey, put the nets down, come follow me. I got a much better plan and a much bigger purpose for your lives. We're going to learn how to fish for people. And they came and followed him. I'm sure they thought, that sounds pretty weird, but hey, let's go check it out, see what this guy's all about. I'm not sure what fishing for people means. The Holy Spirit will save us. Those of you who are parents, I want to give you some reassurances through this tonight. I felt God uh, encouraged me to. The Holy Spirit is going to be what saves your kids. I know you can stay up at, late at night sometimes, worried about them, praying for them, wondering, God, like, please do this, do that. The Holy Spirit is going to go and grip their hearts. The Holy Spirit is the one who is going to reach out and touch them at just the right moment. We prayed the other night for uh, people who have family members who have strayed away from the Lord. The Holy Spirit will find them no matter where they are. You, you might be here. They might have moved to Timbuktu. The Holy Spirit is in Timbuktu. I've got good news for you. The Holy Spirit can find your family. The Holy Spirit can visit them anytime, any moments in the middle of the night and cause something to change inside of them where they say, I've got to get back home. I've got to get back to Jesus. This is what's so amazing about the Holy Spirit. He's everywhere all the time. You and I can't be. Parents, you can't be everywhere all the time. But the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit absolutely is. The second thing we see from the Spirit is the Holy Spirit sets us free. We were singing about this tonight, and we were dancing in freedom tonight. I hope you were at least uh, dancing and rejoicing. You're free. There's no bondages and chains and things binding us up anymore when we get the Holy Spirit in our lives. John 8.32 reminds us that when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. And the word know in that passage is like to actually intimately know the truth, not just to understand the truth, but to have an experience with the truth, an experience with the alive, living, power, Holy Spirit, presence of God. Pursue the presence of God, and you'll start getting set free. Pursue the presence of God, and that thing that's been hanging on, that uh, wrong habit, wrong way of thinking, addiction, whatever it might be, it might have been hanging on for decades. The Holy Spirit can come and set you free. I would suggest the Holy Spirit is probably the only thing that can come and really, truly set you free. There's a lot of different techniques and things out there to replace one addiction with another one and to try to just uh, make it more palatable. The Holy Spirit will set you free and you will never go back. The Holy Spirit will show up in your life and change the way you think, the way you talk to people, the way you look at yourself in the mirror. The Holy Spirit is in the business of setting us free. Because Jesus didn't go to the cross to have a bunch of followers following him around who are just, you know, all still thinking wrong like they used to and viewing themselves as useless and believing all the critical things that were said about them when they were younger. The Holy Spirit sets us free and makes us into a new creation. God shows up and says, I'm going to make you into a new person. I'm going to change your heart. I'm going to work a new being inside right here that nobody else can see, but I'm going to create a new person. I'm going to slowly replace the old person with a new one. Often you and I have had experiences where you've seen this play out in the natural over a number of years. You know somebody who was 
you know, uh, living quite the life without Jesus. And then you've seen the change as they have been close to Jesus, as they've let the Spirit work in them over the years, and it gets to a point where you're like, I can't even believe that's the same person anymore. That's the Holy Spirit. He created a new them right inside of them and replaced the old, the old them. Come on, the Holy Spirit sets us free. Amen? The third thing, the Holy Spirit, his presence protects us. Boy, oh boy, I wish we knew, I wish we knew how often he protects us. I just felt during when we were worshiping, God reminded me of a trip back from college. And we were driving from Portland, Oregon, up to, uh, I think we were heading to Vancouver through Seattle. And we left in the middle of the night. And I remember, we left at around midnight. And I remember having a check in my spirit before we left. There was a group of us, four of us, uh, driving. I was with Joe and Maria's daughter uh, and uh, her eventual husband, her current husband today. Uh, at the time they were dating. And his sister was driving us. She lived in Portland and she was going to drive us to the airport up in Vancouver, and I had like just this gross feeling, that's the only way I can describe it, and like there's something bad was about to happen, <clears throat> and I said, hey, let's get together and pray before we hit the road, right, it's late, it's at night, the only reason I did that was because the summer prior, when I was home for uh, a break from college, uh, I was heading out uh, to go away for a weekend, I, I playing the drums. I used to go play for weddings and different things on weekends. And so we were going away for a weekend to play a couple gigs. And when I said bye to my parents here at the church, they dropped me off with the whole team that the band was getting together. And when they dropped me off, I felt this same gross feeling in my spirit. Like, oh, I'm like, what is my problem? I'm saying bye to my parents. Why do I feel like I'm never going to see them again? You know? Well, I come home three days later and find out like our doctors had to come to our home and my dad thought he was dying. And well, I mean, just said, I've never been that sick in my life. Like just that I felt my body shriveling away like I was dying. The doctor had to come visit us. I, wasn't, I couldn't move. My mom was crying. It was been just a horrible weekend. This is back pre-cell phone days. So I, you, know, you go away and you come home and find out what happened the few days you were gone. Well, that's kind of taught me something. When I get this feeling, I'm going to do some praying. So now here we are a number of months later getting ready to drive up to Vancouver, and I get this same gross feeling. So we get together and we pray. Okay, good. We hop in the car. Feeling good. Let's make this, you know, it's a five-hour drive or whatever. So I'm in the front passenger seat, and uh, Sarah, her name is, is driving, and we, all three of us, the rest of us fall asleep, uh, me and Sam and uh, Sandra, we fall asleep, and we get woken up to blood-curdling screams, a huge smash, and my seat was reclined, and they had a sunroof, it was, uh, you know, 2 a.m. or so at this point, and I wake up with, I mean, our car had flown off the freeway, off I-5, but I see this big thing go over the sunroof, like a big mass of some sort. And I wake up to this, and there's a big hole in the windshield right in front of me, and we're off the road and, flip, you know, tumbling and just, you know, going off, screaming and yelling. We all wake up to this sort of a scene, right? Not the greatest wake-up call ever. So it turns out she hit a deer, I-5. A deer came running out in the middle of the night, and the head hit right in front of me. Right, The hole was the head of the deer. And a police officer who showed up, like, we were in the middle of nowhere. It was pitch black, and we, thankfully, none of us were hurt. We stagger out of the car. The car's all mangled, and we're like... Again, no cell phone days, people. So we're like, what do we do? Like we're in the middle of nowhere, side of the highway, middle of the night. And thankfully, just a state trooper happened to be coming by and uh, came by and uh, spoke to us. And while we're talking to him, he made a statement. He said, who was sitting in the front passenger seat? I said, I was. He goes, hey, you're, you're a lucky young man. He goes, we get, this happens all the time around here. There's tons of deer. You're in the middle of nowhere. Uh, he goes, if that was a male, and we got lots of male with the big uh, horns, he goes, if that was a male deer, you'd, you'd be gone. You'd be dead. You would have been impaled by all the 
He goes, I can see where the thing hit and the hole in the window, the female with no uh, antlers. I might have that backwards, but whichever one has the antlers and whichever one doesn't. How do you know sometimes where the Spirit of God is protecting you and you don't even realize it? Don't even realize it till someday, maybe in heaven. I don't know, maybe he'll flash us through a highlight reel of all the times the Holy Spirit protected our lives. I remember one time, I remember when I told this story a number of years ago, my parents weren't impressed, but it was so many years beyond, uh, what can they do, right? <laughs> when I was a teenager, I remember getting myself into a very uh, un, uh, an unsafe situation one time where a whole bunch of us were at a, a party, a shindig, hanging out with other friends uh, here from the church predominantly. <laughs> In fact, we were at your house, Rachel's house, and... <laughs> Don't worry, she was a good, she was great. Yes, no trouble with Rachel whatsoever. She's as sweet as you think she is. Around the corner from her was a young, uh, a young lady who, uh, who I, you know, liked, and we kind of had a bit of a, a more of a friendship, if you will, than than, than everybody else. And uh, so a bunch of us ended up leaving from Rachel's place and going over to her house for some reason or another, which was my first mistake. My parents would have killed me if they knew I was leaving her property. We end up over there at this girl's house and. I'm not sure how this all happens, but it ends up everybody else leaves, and I'm the only one left. And she comes and gets me and takes me by the hand and starts walking me down the hallway. I said, hey, let's, let's head to the bedroom. My parents are, like, in Texas. Like, nobody's home. Nobody's home. Teenage girl starts leading me down the hallway into, into the bedroom. And I'm telling you, I still remember this as vividly as anything else I remember in my life. Something inside, like... I'm convinced it's the same thing the Holy Spirit did when uh, Potiphar's wife came and tried to grab, you know, hey, come, come with me with Joseph, and just ran. I literally ran. I ran back to her house. I ran out the front door. I ran back to her house, and my heart was racing. Something inside just got me out of there. And I remember when I got over there, I'm thinking, like, what, like, what just happened? It was almost like I was transported. And even later on when I ran into the, the young girl, she was like, what happened to you? Like, where'd you go? You just bolted like a shot. And honestly, I said to her, I, I, don't, I have no idea. It was something inside of me, like a bolt of lightning. Just a bolt of lightning went through me, and my, I, I, I had no choice but to go. I'm convinced now as I've gotten older and I think back to a moment like that, praying parents who were raising me in the house of God, exposed to the Spirit of God. I did have my own semblance of relationship with God at that time, but, you know, not necessarily great. Teenager, goofing around. I was already, you know, uh, hanging out with a girl like her who I shouldn't have. The Holy Spirit inside in a moment where nobody else is around and nobody else can do anything about it, the Holy Spirit shows up and protects. Yes. Parents, teach your kids how to get into the presence of God. Yes. Teach them how to hear that still, small voice. Let them experience worship and praise in the presence of God in your house because you can't always go with them everywhere. Your kids are going to end up on their own at some point, especially as they get older. Guess who will always be with them? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always be with them. He protects us. He protects us. He drops that thought into our minds when we need it. He gives us the right moment to zip it when we're about to say something. And in other moments, he gives us the right thing to say. He protects us. How many are thankful for the protection of the presence of God? Amen? The fourth thing we see is his presence brings breakthrough. Come on, we're believing for breakthrough. Many of you are believing for breakthrough in your lives this year. Well, guess what? The presence of God is where you will find that breakthrough. The presence and the voice and the leading of God, the Holy Spirit, is where the breakthrough happens. Your breakthrough is not found in your boss. Your breakthrough is not found in your spouse smartening up or your parents smartening up. I know none of you would say that, but let's just pretend. 
your parents smartening up, your breakthrough is not found in good news from somewhere or winning a lottery. Your breakthrough is found in the presence and the power of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit. This is where we find the breakthrough. First Chronicles 14, 8 to 17. Listen to this great story with David. First Chronicles 14, 8 to 17. It says, when the Philistines heard that David was anointed king, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went to meet them. Now the Philistines had come and raided the valley of Rephaim, and David inquired of God, should I go and attack them? Are you going to really deliver them into my hands? The Lord answered him, go, I will deliver them into your hands. So David went. David and his men went up to Baal Perazim, and there he defeated them. He said, as waters break out, God has broken out against my enemies by my hand. Okay, he understood. This wasn't him. He wasn't going to take the credit for this. This was God breaking out through him, the Spirit of God using him. Uh, God broke out by my hand. So the place was called Baal Perazim. The Philistines had abandoned their gods there, and David gave orders to burn them. Once more, the Philistines raided the valley. So David inquired of God again, and God answered him, do not go directly after them, but circle around them and attack them in front of the poplar trees. As soon as you hear this, uh, the sound of marching in the tops of the poplar trees, move out to battle because that will mean God has gone in front of you to strike the Philistine army. What a great story this is. So David did as God commanded him, and they struck down the Philistine army all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. So David's fame spread through the land, and the Lord made all nations fear him. There is so much packed into this story right here. First of all, learning to hear the voice of God and obeying the voice of God. Second of all, the voice of God and the strategy is not necessarily going to be the same as what he spoke to you the last time he spoke to you. It could have been easy for David to start getting assumptive here and just, yeah, okay, God, I know what to do. We did this last time, God. You're going to deliver them, so I'm just going to go and attack them. No, no, no. This time the strategy was different. This time there was a little bit of a different wrinkle. This is where the alive, day by day, month by month, relationship with the Holy Spirit is so crucial for you and I. Because something that we might think we've already seen before, I've seen this situation, I know how to handle this, God helped me handle this years ago. He might show up and say, no, 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 it's totally different this time. you got to be walking with him. you got to be listening to that still, small voice. you got to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And he will guide you into the breakthrough you're looking for. Don't try to recycle old strategies and old ideas. If you're going to recycle anything as a believer, recycle the habits of daily getting into the presence of God and following the word and obeying the word. But when it comes to this stuff, learn how to hear his voice. Learn how to hear what the Spirit is speaking to you. Amen? I love how it said, uh, the Lord made all the nations fear him. And David knew this is God. He said it himself. God has worked through my hands. He obeyed. He responded, he positioned himself, and the Holy Spirit was able to work through him. Isn't that the desire we all have as believers? For the Holy Spirit to work through us. I live my life all the time saying, God, I want your results through my life, not my results. I don't want Jason results, I want God results to show up. In our church, we don't want human results, we want God results to show up. Well, when we have that desire and that prayer, it then, tied in with it, uh, presents us with uh, the very clear uh, teaching that we now need to learn to become conduits and vessels of the Holy Spirit. If I really want God results in my life, I've got to be living in such a way where his spirit is free to flow. I can't have a bunch of hidden sin, wrong attitudes, unforgiveness, disobedience, but say, God, I want God results. It, it's not going to happen. God results come when his spirit can flow. And thankfully, thankfully, he doesn't look for perfection. 
He looks for a heart, a sincere heart that loves him, that is doing the best we can to trust him and to live right and to repent when we need to and keep on going. That's what he's looking for from you and I. He's not waiting for you to be perfect. He's waiting for you to trust him, to give him control. He's waiting for you to put aside the things that hang you up, right? Like the scriptures tell us, the sin that so easily entangles us and gets in our way. I'm going to push through and get over that stuff and get into God's presence and believe that his spirit will start to work. The fifth thing we see, (coughs) his presence speaks dreams and hopes to us. Many of you here tonight, you have stories of how the spirit of God has spoken to you and has given you a new hope in a life that was very hopeless. He's given you a new purpose and a destiny when you were living without one. He wants to speak dreams into your heart. And yes, the dreams will seem too big at times. And they will certainly seem bigger than what you can carry out on your own. He does that on purpose. He doesn't do them so giant that we just, you know, collapse and can't even fathom it. But he always drops something into your heart and starts to show you how you can be used by him. But usually it's in a way that requires him to be in control. God doesn't generally drop dreams into our heart that I can run out tomorrow and do all by myself. Because I don't need him to do that. He drops a dream in there and that he makes you realize, God, I got to get on my knees, repent, be humble, surrender, because I want this dream to happen. And I can't make it happen. No chance. In a million years. But boy, I know you can. You can do this sort of thing with real life armies and make the trees wiggle at the right time so that they know when to go. You can definitely work amazing things through us here as we trust in you and as we have a relationship with you. 1 Corinthians 2.11 says the spirit searches all things even the deep things of God for who knows a person's thoughts listen to this who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them who knows the thoughts of God better than the Holy Spirit you hear people who can expound and open the scriptures and you look at a verse and you think wow like think when Danny Benia was here how many came to the training session when Danny Benia was here and you walk away and you think I read those verses and I don't see all that same stuff Because for decades, he's been marinating in the presence and the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is now opening up revelations and wisdom that you can't just get by skimming through on the surface. Who knows the thoughts better than their own person's spirit? You want to know the the thoughts of God? You've got to know the Spirit of God. Know the presence of God. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. He searches the deep things. God will bring deep revelation to you. God will open the word and open the scriptures in your life. God will start to speak big dreams into your life. And before your natural mind can, uh, uh, you know, just get rid of the idea and think it's impossible, his spirit will be there to witness with you. Say, no, this is for me. This is a God thing. This is a Holy Spirit thing. And you think, but it's too big. It's too heavy. It's too deep for me to understand. Then come on a journey in my presence and watch what I'm going to do. Watch how I'm going to unfold this thing. Watch what's going to happen in our lives as we start to allow him to speak dreams into our life. Think about Joseph. When you receive a God-given dream, it changes how you live. It changes how you think. It changes your perspective. When you receive a God-given dream, nobody can come and steal that away from you. Joseph had that dream, and say what you will about his enthusiasm to tell everybody, Wise or not wise, I don't know. I go back and forth on this. Sometimes I think, what a moron. Just keep your mouth shut and live your life. Other times I think, but who among us can keep inside when God speaks and births an incredible dream, an incredible vision? Right? I mean, it's, you know, put yourself in that position. It'd be pretty tough to keep that in. But that's a different story. 
the point is, God speaks a dream to him, and life circumstances for quite a long stretch of time looked like it was not going to happen. The complete opposite was happening. And then finally, finally, when he looks to have made it with Potiphar, okay, now I'm getting somewhere. He keeps living diligently. There's a whole, the life of Joseph we'll get into sometime because there's so many principles. Kept being faithful, kept doing the right things, kept being diligent, kept honoring God even when no one was watching. All that stuff absolutely matters. And you will get that sort of lifestyle and that sort of character in the presence of God. It's the only place we'll get it. But again, that's a different story. Where I'm going with this is his circumstances look like it's not happening. And then he finally starts to get a big break. And then the story I referred to earlier where uh, Potiphar's wife comes after him and he runs out and she makes up a lie about him that he came after me instead. Then boom, there he is, thrown back in jail and right back to the, to the bottom of the barrel. It would be easy to maybe give up and say, okay, well, obviously I didn't hear from God. Clearly that wasn't a God dream. I'm destined to spend the rest of my life either in big deep pits on the side of the road or in jail. That's what God has for me. But when it's a Holy Spirit word, when it's a rhema word from God, you know that you know that you know you heard from God. And you can spend years and years and years in jail, years and years and years with people not believing in you. It's not that easy to just get rid of that thing. It's easy for us to look at him and say, boy, how did he keep uh, believing that that would happen? When you get a rhema word from God, it might, I'm sure it drove him batty. I'm sure he sat there and said, God, what's the deal? You spoke this. I didn't want this. I didn't ask for this. I didn't make this up. You spoke it. But what's going on with my life? I've not done anything wrong to deserve all this. I'm just trying to follow you. You're the one that spoke this ridiculous word, and now here I am living in misery all the time. You can't shake it when you receive a rhema word from God. You want a vision and a direction and a will for your life? Get in the presence of God, and when he drops that word in there, it'll, it's there forever. You're stuck in a good way. You're stuck with the rhema word. You're stuck with the dream of God. You can't go anywhere. Where can I go? Where can I run to? Where can I hide? Where else can I go but back into your presence, Lord? You've spoken this thing. Some seasons of life, it drives me nuts, and I kind of wish you hadn't spoken it, but I can never, ever shake it because it was a rhema word that came in my experience with the Holy Spirit. Many of you tonight, you have those things inside of you, and you've given up. You're like living in prison like Joseph and saying, it's not going to happen. God's here to remind you, I spoke that thing. I will bring it to pass if you will stay in my presence and keep trusting me. I didn't speak it to you to be cute. I spoke it to you because that's my vision. That's my plan. That's my purpose. That's my destiny. I can give you one tip on how to make sure. If you want to make sure you don't accomplish the will of God, write this down. <laughs> hey, what I'm about to tell you, I, I promise you, you will not see the dream ever come to pass if you do this one thing. If you get yourself up off the potter's wheel and say, that's it. This is not happening. Either you said something wrong or I misheard you or both, but I'm out of here. I'm going to run and try to find a greener pasture. I'm going to run and try to do something myself. I'm going to try to push a wall down and make something happen on my own. It's, it, that's, you've sealed your fate. Stay on the wheel. Let him work hard like he likes to. When you see guys do big-time pottery, like they're smacking that thing with their elbows, like they're leaning right into it, right? We're not just nice, it's not a massage, like there's some pain involved. <laughs> Stay on the potter's wheel. Stay in the presence of God. 
Your circumstances might all 100% look the complete opposite of what you've been believing for, but he is in control. Stay right there and watch what God is going to do. And when the day comes where you start to see those God results show up in your life, he has now molded you and shaped you and done what he needs to do to know that there's the character there that can handle that gift, that can handle that dream, that can handle that calling, that can handle that new season. Once he sees, okay, this, okay, you're ready, he starts to open doors that nobody ever could open in a million years. He starts to provide opportunity that no man ever could. He starts to do things that you, you'll just be like, what's happening now? It's like making up for lost time. No, 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 not lost time at all. Preparation time preparation time in the presence and the spirit of God. Nobody ever steps into that God-given dream or destiny until he makes sure that we are adequately prepared for it because he does not ever want to set us up for failure. He speaks something and then he says, come on a journey with me while I prep you for the task at hand. I've been saying to friends and people that I'm closer to the last number of months, the last couple of years, really, let's embrace the journey. Let's embrace the process. Yeah, it's painful at times. It sucks at times. You're crying at times. You're wondering what in the world's going on. Let's embrace the process. Embrace the journey because God's in control and he's shaping us into the people he wants us to be. When he speaks that dream, I mean, you can write it down if you want, but odds are you probably don't even need to. You'll never, ever forget it. You'll never be able to get it out of you. You'll never be able to shake it because when he speaks something, he imprints it in our lives. Acts 1.8, I'm going to finish with this because I know you're starving. Some people said to me the other day, I won't mention any names because I know they're here. Some people said, boy, could you do a message like you did on New Year's Eve? That was nice and short and quick and we can get out of there and go eat. We're almost done. I don't want you to check your neighbor. Make sure they're looking at the church app, not skip the dishes and planning their... Planning their food delivery here. <laughs> Acts 1.8. You will receive power when my spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. You will receive power in your life when the Holy Spirit is active and alive in your life. You will receive a supernatural power that enables you to overcome the temptation that used to sink you every single time. You will receive power to respond to that family member that used to cause you to freak out and lose your temper. You will receive power to represent Jesus to people around you who need the hope of Jesus. You will receive power to do anything that God puts in front of you to do because his Holy Spirit is more than enough. Pursue the presence of God in 2018. Imagine a church full of us individually pursuing the presence of God. Wow, that's going to be like a power bomb collectively. Think about that. All of us decide I'm going to pursue God's presence like never before this year. I think amazing things will start to happen. Often, sometimes you can sit around and talk with your friends, or we can talk with some of our uh, leaders here in our church and different people and strategize, and how can we do this, and how can we see God break through here? How can we see God do this sort of thing in our lives? How can we see God bring a revival in the young people and the young adults? How can we see God uh, you know, just really radically save people in our neighborhoods and families? Presence in the Spirit of God, that's how. We're going to start talking next week about our responsibility to work hard, to intentionally pursue growth. Like little babies are born and they automatically grow physically. It's not the same spiritually. We have to make ourselves grow. You either grow or you stay like a spiritual baby. We're going to get into that next week. But the presence of God, that's where it all happens. 
That's where it all happens. You got all your goals and plans for 2018? Please put the presence in the Word of God at the top of the list. Day by day in His presence. Day by day in His Spirit. Day by day in the Word. Getting into the presence of God while you read the Word of God and obey the Word of God. Watch what's going to happen. It's an invisible process that takes place, but ultimately over time you start to see some things change. But the process itself is invisible because it's this invisible spirit working in us and working through us. This much I know, once you start to experience God results, Holy Spirit results in your life, you don't ever want to go back. In fact, you want more. You want more of the Holy Spirit. You want to just surrender everything imaginable to get more of that more of his presence, more of his power, more of his Holy Spirit. Understand the way I view this and the way I view our church. I view every single ministry, every single department, everyone, you name it, as needing the power and presence of God to truly represent him and to truly honor him with what we're doing as a church. We've talked to you before about music, right? We announced last weekend that we've got plans now to build a recording studio at our Gage Park campus. I am pumped beyond belief because I believe in God. We are going to, God's going to help us figure out a way to capture the presence and the spirit of God in recordings. Because people need the presence and the spirit of God. They don't necessarily need another album on iTunes, but boy, they need to encounter the spirit of God. They need to encounter the presence of God. And that's true whether you're in the cafe or in the parking team, or, and no matter what you're doing, your neighborhood, your building, the place where you work, the place where you live, people need to encounter the presence of God. Why don't we get saturated so his power is with us, and as we walk through our daily lives, his power starts to show up and move through us. And people, for whatever reason they can't understand, they're drawn to us. And at work, they come to you crying and asking to talk. Can you pray for me? Can I speak to you about something? God knows what he's doing when he's drawing people, when he's using us, but he needs a consecrated group of disciples and followers who will say, I'm not going to be religious, God. I'm going to get into your presence. I'm going to get into your presence. How many want more of the spirit and presence of God in 2018? Amen? Why don't you close your eyes? Let's finish off tonight with a word of prayer before we head home. Jesus, we thank you that we've met you in such a profound, amazing way this week. We've met you in such a personal way this entire week. And here tonight, Lord, we have loved your presence. Lord, we have loved the reminder of how much we need your presence. Lord, I pray that as a church, each of us would take this challenge individually to pursue you like never before this year. We can't force your hand to bring this particular breakthrough or answer this prayer super quick. We, we, we don't have that sort of authority. But what we can do is pursue your presence and pursue your anointing. Pursue your Holy Spirit and you will start to do things. You will start to bring breakthrough. You will start to bring fruitfulness. You will start to bring uh, salvation and uh, freedom among our friends and family members. You will start to use our lives in new ways. You will speak dreams, life dreams into us if we will pursue your presence. Pursue your spirit. And not have our eyes fixed on circumstances but our eyes fixed on you. Lord, bless every single person here in this family. Lord, I thank you that you've connected us as a church family. You've connected us as a body. We all play a role. Lord, I pray that we would all play that role with your Holy Spirit leading and guiding us, your presence with us at all times. Lord, I pray for anyone here who's not started this journey yet. They've not begun their own relationship with you. They don't yet really understand what it's like to hear from you and to feel that love, to feel that hope that your Spirit offers us. Lord, I pray that you would just show them right now how much you love them. You care for them. 
you believe in them. You've got a plan and a purpose that is far greater than just living an existence here, you know, going to work and coming back home. You've got an amazing destiny for every single one of us. 